The following is a presentation of the Six Arrows Radio Network. Welcome to the Modern Christian Men Podcast with your host, Kale Nelson. I love the opportunity to bring these men onto the show and share with you about where they are in life, what they're doing, their latest book, their 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 most recent record, uh, where they are, what is just happening, and how God is using them to complete His work for the kingdom. And sometimes it's, it's real serious, and sometimes it's kind of overwhelming, but sometimes it can be a lot of fun. And that's what I've got for you today. Michael Johnson and his wife, Julie, in Franklin, Tennessee, have created a ministry called Future Marriage University. Now, let me tell you, if you're already married and you've got like 12 kids and you've heard it all, you haven't because you haven't heard Michael one of the funniest guys I know, period. I'm a funny guy, but Michael is a really, really funny guy. And I want you to enjoy this show with me as much as Michael and I enjoyed putting it together. Michael, welcome into the program. It's quiet in your house. How did you do that this morning? Um, threats. Okay. I mean, mild threats. It wasn't actually, you know, not death threats. Right. I want to take your phone away or... Yeah. Julie, you, you're not going to be able to go to the grocery store this week or something. <laughs> that would be a threat to me. <laughs> <laughs> that would not be a threat. She'd be like, okay, great. great. Thank you. Uh, awesome. Well, I, I, I'm tickled to have you. I've, I, Like I said last night, I would love to just talk about where you guys are in ministry, what you're mm-hmm. doing, and, and why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, on past episodes, we've had... We've talked about porn. We've talked about race. We've talked about yeah. uh, uh, seeing visions of angels and demons in real life. All these—I mean, we've covered wow. all, all sorts of topics. So, yeah. uh, we've talked about suicide. We've talked about uh, PTSD and, and what we can do to help our returning vets. Yeah. But um, you know, I, I've got a feeling that we might have some younger guys listening that could benefit from something regarding. You know, talking about what happens before marriage because we've talked yeah. a lot about marriage, but we yeah. haven't really talked a lot about what happens before. Yeah. Well, Future Marriage University is all about treating marriage as if it might possibly be as important as career, might possibly be as challenging as career, and might possibly be as rewarding. And if you can accede to those three possibilities, then it seems like it makes sense to prepare for marriage like you do a career, which would be far more intentionally than our culture, or even the church has us do right now, far more um, intelligently and farther in advance, which is why this past Wednesday I was at a church talking to middle school and high school students about purpose-driven dating, and uh, because we're trying to get that early so that uh, really our our big uh holy audacious goal (laughs) (laughs) oh i slay me i said that Uh, uh, but our big holy and i didn't even make that up i can't remember where what cheesy blog i read that on but our big goal is to change the mind of the culture about the biblical meaning purpose and significance of marriage um so that said uh premarital counseling is awesome that's great that's not what we do. Couples uh, counseling or train that's great, but that's not what we do. We want to get to people before they're dating. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, help cast a vision for where they would actually want their dating life to to head and then kind of provide uh, roadmaps and instructions on how to get there. You know, when I was a kid, I would sometimes lay in bed at night and see, you know, I wonder who I'll marry. I wonder mm-hmm. what she, I wonder if it'll be, you know, this little girlfriend I've got here in first grade or something. <laughs> and you you started in first grade? Yeah, I was. Man, I you was, were ahead of me. I yeah. thought I I was early in third grade. Yeah, first grade, man. You know, but well, I guess we could talk about that. Uh, you know, I grew up in public school, so mm-hmm. it was. So who's your girlfriend now? Every time you come home or you see somebody else, you know, oh, he's. His little girlfriend's Jennifer or something, you know, and yeah. it was kind of like a, a status thing among parents, which I've noticed now that I've got children who don't have girlfriends and boyfriends, but have nieces and nephews who are involved in this stuff. So it was always kind of like, I wonder who it's going to be or, you know, God, can you can you give me a little hint on who, it, who it's going to be, who she's going to be and stuff like that. And I'm really glad he never did because uh, my wife was someone I didn't even know for well, till about five years before we ever even got together to date. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, you know, we didn't do things, uh, anything like FMU teaches us to do. But <laughs> at the same time, you know, this was back in the 90s, so we were dating, and we yeah. actually talked to each other on the telephone a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and we saw each other in person a lot. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, we built a friendship and a relationship. And we're about, uh, as of this recording, we're about 12 days away from 20 years of marriage. So that's exciting. But it took us Absolutely. a long time. It took us a long time to like each other after being married, uh, probably <laughs> because we didn't. We didn't do it right to start with, and that's kind of one of the focuses you guys have. I mean, it, you're trying to teach kids, and I'm going to call them kids because you're in junior high school, so they're they're still kids. Um, but, you're trying to teach them how to be prepared for this next level of living. Yeah. That's yeah, kind of absolutely. a big task, man. What, what in the world possessed you and Julie to go down this road? Well, I, that would be my mom. Uh, Chris, Christmas of junior year in college, my mom gave me a marriage book. I thought it was the lamest Christmas present I could have ever imagined getting. I didn't even, I wasn't dating anybody seriously at the time, and I'm, I got a marriage book. Whatever. But I read it at Christmas break, and um, what I realize in retrospect is that my mom gave me this amazing gift of re- reading a marriage book when I didn't have a relationship to defend i.e. reading everything in the book in light of how can I make this support what I'm already doing. And I didn't have love chemicals uh, flooding my brain, inhibiting clear thinking. So as it turns out, Julie and I started dating within 30 days of me having finished that book. But when I read the book, clear head, clear mind, no agenda, and so we immediately began, because Julie and I had been friends for two and a half years already, so we knew we weren't dating just so maybe we could like kiss or something. I mean, we were, we were thinking maybe this is the, the, the thing. And so we immediately started applying those principles. And after 10 years of marriage, um, I sensed the Lord asking me to go back and reread that book and figure out how to trick other people into doing what my mom tricked me into doing. And, we wound up initially with a living room full of single women in uh, their 30s. Now, back in college, me and my roommates would try really hard to figure out how to fill our living room with single yeah. women. But 
After 10 years of marriage, I'm not looking to do a women's Bible study with my wife. But all of that to say, um, doing those classes, and we we had a guys group next, and then we had a couple more ladies groups, another guys group. But we realized that uh, we call it the um, uh, the uh, oh wow, I just I'm having a brain aneurysm. I can't remember what we call it, but really kind of the single life crisis if you will and um what it looks like is somewhere about 10 years after graduating from college we're realizing that people were waking up and either they were thinking over on this side of the continuum which if you could see me i got my left hand extended over to the left and and you're thinking my life sucks I, I can't believe I invested all this time and energy and effort in getting the degree and getting the job and getting the promotion. And this is all I have. I got to get married. Mm. Or they're over here on this far side of the continuum. Now my right hand is extended to the right. And they're like, my life rocks. I've accomplished a lot of my career goals. I think I'm ready to settle down, complete the package and get married. Either way, wherever that single is, you know, either extreme or anywhere in between, they have spent the last 10 years of their life almost entirely focused on their career, which in most instances, not all, but most, even with ministry people, is another way of saying almost entirely focused on themselves. You know, what are my gifts? What are my skills? What are my dreams? What are my weaknesses? What? And so then... Even if they get on eHarmony and find someone they're matched up with in 29 different areas of compatibility, to which I say, if you find that person, number one, congratulations, and number two, it's the 30th area that's going to kill you. But they they have such high expectations, and, and it's been so long, and they have such a higher level of desperation and intensity, it's, it's, a, it's a train wreck. And so we started targeting college students. In fact, even today, my bullseye is an 18-year-old male. I want to get that 18-year-old guy's attention, and I want to tell him, you have big dreams, big ideas about your life. More than likely, that involves marriage, and you need to start living like that. Like one day, you're going to be a husband and a father and yeah, maybe you'll have a neato career as a rock star. <laughs> but, you know, it's, uh, in fact, I, I'm, I'm like, you got me monologuing now, but it reminds me uh, when I went, this is way back in, well, when we first started targeting col- Christian colleges and universities, I was at, at Belmont and speaking to a hundred or so, uh, college students in a class there. And I, and I asked the students, I said, how many of you guys think you want a, a job in the music industry? And well over half of those students' hands, shot in the air um so we talked about career and how we prepare for career and why we prepare for it that way and blah 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 and then i switched over to marriage and i said uh you know how many of you guys think you want to be married and maybe a handful two handfuls of hands sort of sort of raised a little bit a little higher than the ear but not really shot up in the air there was clearly a reticence to admit this interest in marriage, and I called them out on it. I said, guys, here's the reality. When I asked you about your career aspirations, you made no bones about it. You want to be in the music industry. And I'm here to tell you, because, of course, at the time I had a job in the music industry, (laughs) I was like, not 
not 10% of y'all will have a full-time career in the music industry. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just telling you the facts. And I'm also telling you, good for you that you have a vision, that you have a goal, and that you are going for it. Good for you. But if statistics hold, which you know they may not because less and less people are getting married, but at the time, statistics still showed at the time that 90% of you guys are going to get married. And I could get barely a handful of y'all to raise your hand. And say, yeah, that, that's where I want to be. That's where I'm headed. That's my goal. I can say, statistics say, still 86% of singles say they want to be married. And yet, in spite of 60%, uh, excuse me, what did I say? Um, 80? uh, yeah, 86, instead of, in spite of 86% of singles saying they want to be married, the reality is, you look at 25 to 34 year olds, you, do you know what percentage of 25 to 34 year olds are married today? No, but it's got to be lower than I would anticipate it 10 years ago. 30%. So we're, it's, so we're not only having a, a marriage crisis, we're going to have a population. Yeah. Declination. Implosion. Yeah. Well, and, and even as you say that, it's not like there were, we stopped having kids because we stopped having marriage. First, uh, age at first marriage for females right now is 28, but age of first birth is 26. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's a, those are broken statistics. Yeah, right? Let's see. Let's, let's do this part first and then we'll get married later. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that's, that's all that. So you asked. Yeah. And sorry. I monologued. <laughs> no, no. You asked, how'd you get into this? Started with my mom and now it's ended with this crusade of, wow, we have got to save the culture because the culture is lost. Yeah. And, uh, well, the, the funny, the funny part about this to me is I didn't realize that you and Julie were friends before you started dating. I knew that you were in school together. I knew that you had this really probably cool Tom Cruise, Kevin Bacon haircut that, (laughs) you know, you were just, just really big stud player on campus. And and I'm just so shocked that she was actually your friend before you got, I thought it was just, you kind of snookered her in and, and I didn't know she had, because I knew that you had a reputation, much like myself, to be a game player yes. you know, out in the field. I um, was a game player, even though I was no Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Tom Na- Cruise. maybe Napoleon Dynamite would have been a better. Yes, yeah. totally. Except I can't even dance as cool as he can, <laughs> so I don't even have that going for me. You do a pretty good Pedro, but we won't go there right now. So. Yes, yeah. No, my sense of humor was my only card that I had to play. You know that that was it. But um, yeah. The 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 funny thing about that is we I didn't do that on purpose. Mm-hmm. I was not thinking. Well, obviously. Uh, a uh, happy married couple at their essence are just really great friends. So therefore it makes the most sense for me to find a girl that I can be great friends with and then see if I fall in love with her. But that's what happened. Yeah. Uh, not the plan, but that is now the suggestion I'm making to students and young adults is instead of that movie scene moment where you look across the room and she's looking over at you, and you know she's looking just at you, and you're looking. Well, actually, you're looking at several other girls, but she's one of them. You know, no, forget <laughs> about that. Forget about that. Find a girl 
that you like in student ministry, in your young adult class, whatever. Get to know her. Find out what makes her tick. Find out what you have compatible, what you don't. Find out whether she, you know, well, she goes to church. I love that. Is she a believer? Well, she goes to church. <laughs> That's not what I asked. <laughs> I asked, is she like a follower of Jesus? Well, she goes to church on Easter and Christmas. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, and, and then see if maybe instead of falling in love, you do what Julie and I did and you grow in love. So, yeah, that is definitely a paradigm we would we would love to see embraced. So how how in the world do you set a, a 15, 17, 18-year-old down in a, in a classroom setting or, you know, school assembly or even, you know, at a church somewhere and say, "Okay, guys, uh, I know that you're, you know, you're thinking about uh, this the sports career, you're three, you know, three yeah. three uh three-game athlete, whatever they call that, my kids aren't." Yeah. Um, yep. you know, you, you're really good at band and you, you know, you really play the clarinet well or you, you march the cymbals really great and you're trying to get a scholarship. So, and you yep. want to be a child psychologist or whatever when you grow up. <laughs> but how do you talk to these kids? And, and, cause I remember the frame of mind I was in when I was 17, 18, 20. Yeah. <laughs> how do you yeah. talk to them and say, yeah, okay, so your parents are pushing you to go to college. You know, your youth pastor is trying to get you to grow up and be a youth pastor. But mm-hmm. in the midst of all this, you've got a little girlfriend that she's great except one week out of the month, and then she drives you crazy. But how do you think about all this stuff and, and start putting this in the kids, man? Because, whoa, I, I'm, you know, 45, 20 years married, got five kids, and I'm not really having these conversations. With, well, I kind of do. Mm-hmm. But not necessarily like you're describing. So tell me, how do you get kids to the point where they'll listen to you talk about this and, and, you know, not just check out and, and be insta facing or whatever they do? Yeah. Well, one thing I make a suggestion I make to parents and doing that with their own students, mm-hmm. uh, their own kids is, is tell them about, about your stories. Um, you know, and, and I, know, I feel like what mostly happens is the parents have this intense um, uh, uh, belief that they have to have the sex talk, mm. and and that's like like it's all about sex and it's just a talk. Right. And and really, what I encourage parents to do is have the relationship discussion, you know, mm-hmm. that happens as you live life over time. Um, so instead of starting to talk about sex, just, you know, your dating life. Um, I, again, that's not the, the window to every kid's heart, but I mean, most kids want to hear stories. They love hearing fun. One of the first stories I shared with this, uh, church group down in Spring Hill, Tennessee, uh, Wellspring Christian Church, shout out to them, is, uh, is the story that where I tried to do this double date thing with this friend of mine that was interested in this other girl and, and so I tried to get this other girl's friend to to go out with me as a double date, and it blew up in my face. And and I and I even tell it with like with a little PowerPoint diagram. I mean, we've got we've got boxes and arrows, and you know, and and they love it. Right. And then they can see this guy can really. <laughs> I can listen to what he has to say because he. He can confess to being as stupid as I can't confess to being right now. Right. That's awesome. So I encourage, I really feel like that's a huge thing is being able to relate to them with just, okay, there's some of the mistakes I made. And again, we didn't talk about sex the first 
day. I mean, we're just talking about dating and relationship, and we get to that other stuff later, which later wound up being this past Wednesday. But um, so that's one suggestion. The other is humor. The other is, I mean, again, even though we're future marriage university and, you know, we really can't take marriage out of FMU or then FMU would just be, um, would just be, uh, be a bad, yeah. It'd be yeah. Bad. So we don't want to do that. But that said, the, the series is purpose driven dating. Our other series is relationology where we share truths for thriving in relationships. What I'm trying to say is we, we don't, we don't put marriage right up there. Even, when we're talking, it, our first, we learned this the hard way. Our first study guide was top 10 marriage tips for smart singles. <laughs> that turned out to be the worst possible. No single person was going to carry around their workbook that said top 10 marriage tips for smart singles. Remember the story at Belmont? They can't even raise their hand yeah. and say that maybe they might want to be married sometime before they die. <laughs> so they're not going to walk around a study guide. Well, that same series is now called Beyond Sex and Salvation. It's the exact same content, but that we we took out marriage, we took out singles. We're like, hey, at the church, pretty much all you know about marriage prior to premarital counseling is you're supposed to wait for marriage to have sex and you're supposed to marry a believer. Well, Beyond Sex and Salvation, here's the other things you might want to know. Wow. But again, that's that's the the tips. You know, you got to avoid the. The marriage thing. As soon as you say marriage, uh, anybody who is not already in a very serious dating or engaged relationship where they're already seriously talking about marriage tunes out. Mm-hmm. They know for certain you're not talking to them. And and yet that's all the people I want to reach. So um, I I make I, I minimize the marriage thing i minimize it and i just hey let's talk about dating let's talk about relationships let's say you're interested in sex are you well okay um so well how how what kind of reaction do you get back from the students i mean you come in uh, let me just default because we'll have this in the show notes but uh, uh, mj and julie are two of the funniest best mated people that I've never met in person. I mean, <laughs> you, the, the, you guys work so good together. I mean, there's no doubt that you're doing what you are called to do. But thank you, thank you for saying yeah, that. I mean, it's the truth, dude. I watch your videos. I never watch YouTube. I'm like the the biggest anti YouTube guy ever, just because I I like listening to things. But uh-huh. I love watching your videos because most of the time she looks like she wants to punch you. But <laughs> You can see at the, at the same time she's like I'm married an idiot and then she's like I love this this man yeah it's wonderful and, and you're but, just like all men uh, I got a wife and it's awesome you know <laughs> she's she's pretty yeah. look at her <laughs> yeah no I, it's it's interesting that you say that because uh, before we started doing those love ed videos and that is the name of our our main our main little program they do on YouTube is love ed with Julie and MJ and and um. I knew God was calling us off the road. I knew He wanted to focus on wanted us to focus online, and He wanted me to make videos, and because um, we'd never done the YouTube thing. And uh, after a month or so, because you know, I, I immediately respond to God's call just like that. So one or two or three months later, <laughs> we still haven't made a single video. And I look at Julie, and I was like, you know what? I think I think God wants us to do these videos together. And her immediate reaction was. I think you're right. And that's how I knew it was the Holy Spirit yeah, because yeah. my wife 
hates being up in front of people, which technically when you do YouTube, especially when you see the number of views on our videos, we're not really in front of people, but still she hates doing something in front of the camera and front people things that people are going to see. She'd much rather be in the background. And yet I, I told her, uh, you know, I think probably again, even before we'd done the first video yet, maybe we'd finally bought the camera. And I was like, I think the reason we're supposed to do these together is not because I can't already convey the same truth in our date night advice blog or that I couldn't convey these same truths in videos by myself. I think God wants us to do these videos together because people are going to the people that we're trying to see something that they want. Mm. I said that to a married friend of mine who's not in a great marriage relationship. And he started to tear up and he said, yeah, I, I wish my wife looked at me the way your wife looks at you. Wow. And and I say that, well, it sounds like I'm bragging. Maybe I am. But I say that because the guy that said that to me is, I, I am not better than him. Right. I am not more suited for marriage than him. I wasn't really necessarily better prepared than him. There, there's not me and him are fellow brothers in Christ. We have just as much stupid stuff, just as much challenges, just as much stubbornness. And yet I'm in this marriage relationship where I'm thriving and he's in a marriage relationship where he's barely surviving. And that said, I know because I know me, I know most people could enjoy what Julie and I enjoy. Julie's the same way, by the way. I know you probably think she's a saintist, <laughs> as, not a Satanist, a saint test. Is, is that a female saint or is it just like a just, saint? Maybe just a saint. An angel. Anyway, yes, with but extra no, she, she has all her own issues and stuff like that. And yet we truly do. It is not just an act on a show. We We just enjoy a really great relationship, even though we go at it just like you do with your wife, even though I, man, I, I storm off sometimes, I lose my temper, you know, whatever. But overall, we just, we thrive. Mm-hmm. And because I know we can do it, I know almost anyone can do this. And the more advanced preparation, better chances. And Looking at the church, looking at the divorce rate in the church, well, you, early on you said it's it's not premarital counseling, it's it's not any of that stuff, because for me, uh, I came up in a, a family. I can't find divorce in my background. My wife came from a very divorce-ridden family, mm-hmm. and we've got mm-hmm. a story we'll share later. I'm sure one of these days here about that, but. Um, all I knew about marriage was you did it once and you stayed there. Uh, her view of marriage was, well, maybe, you know, uh, there's there's alternatives. We'll see what happens kind of a deal. Mm-hmm. But there mm-hmm. was no, I mean, we had maybe three meetings with our pastor. And, <laughs> three. Yeah. You know, Why would you need more? Yeah, I mean, you're going to get married and she's a believer and we're going to have sex, like you said. So, you know, but, but looking at the big, big picture you know, for years I, I spent all those years in school preparing for tomorrow. I uh, mm. I was I was involved. I had jobs throughout that time where I was learning to work and 
you know, be a part of something bigger and different than just my household. And, you know, my dad had aspirations for me. My grandfather's had aspirations for me. I was, oh, wow. uh, no pressure. Yeah, no pressure at all, but nothing was talking about marriage except my mom had one she picked out she liked and my dad liked that one plus another one but beyond that and neither one by the way i married um yeah i married the one they didn't like um (laughs) they don't listen it doesn't matter uh anyway uh but getting to that all this preparation even as a as a child a young man no preparation on preparing myself for marriage and wow, listening to what you guys are doing, churches inviting you in, schools inviting you in. I mean, you guys are. Th- this sounds funny, just knowing MJ. I mean, this sounds funny. You're cutting edge, <laughs> really, yes. with what with what you're bringing to people. It's because this is. It's almost like in church. Let's just let's talk about pornography a second, right? So we mm-hmm. don't talk about porn in church, but it's destroying our church. And yeah. it's kind of the same way. Uh, we have youth groups, and we're teaching our kids to to, to strive after righteousness and and live mm-hmm. the best life they can, modeled after Jesus. Yeah. And you know, don't look at porn, don't do naked Instagram, whatever. But yeah. uh, I think it's Snapchat. Anyway, so you don't do that without yeah. your clothes on. And we we just don't tell them. We're not preparing. We're, we're working so hard to keep them out of hell. We're really not preparing them for the the heaven that my yeah. wife and I enjoy and you and Julie enjoy this this relationship on earth that we have together is just marvelous. We're not yeah. preparing our kids for it. You guys are doing that. And yeah. it's um man, I just this is why I wanted you on the program for the last three plus years to I'm, share I'm what sorry. you guys are doing. Yeah. Because it's yeah. it's groundbreaking and I think we're kind of missing it in the big picture of the church. Yeah. To- totally. Yeah, and, and again anybody you, you brought up porn, I mean that's that's an issue we address on, you know, right on our website. We have several hot topic, uh, um, options and one of those is porn. Just so you know, anybody, if you're, if you are going to our website, uh, all the links there should, are, are safe. They're, they're enough. They're funny. You know, <laughs> some web, some websites you go to, you're like, okay, if I click on here, do I, it, whoa, that went somewhere totally different. No. So the porn tab is our material. And uh, the bottom line is anybody struggling with addiction, it can't, anybody that, that's actually experiencing, um, uh, freedom after having been in addiction knows it's not enough to say no to the bad. You've got to be pursuing, running after, chasing after, uh, delighting in the good. And, uh, yeah, we tell these kids, don't have sex and don't look at porn. But get your career and everything set up so you can get married by your by the time you're 28 females and 30 males, mm. and it's like that is a recipe for disaster. Yeah, that is totally. I, I just don't think I would have made it to 30. I, I just don't believe I would have been able to do that. I'm not saying it's not possible. Mm. It is, of course, it's possible. Blah blah blah. But. I don't think that's what God is asking us to do. I think God intend he set up the sex drive just the way he set it up so that somewhere by the by the age of 15 at the latest everybody's got a sex drive in full functioning form that they get to spend the next 5 to 10 years uh 15 years max trying to trying to tame uh but hopefully 5 to 10 years and then 
after they've learned in singleness how to maintain their own body in sanctification and honor, like First Thessalonians 4 does, then they get to continue to learn how to do that in monogamy. But, you know, our, our whole culture is so career focused that, uh, that it really, there, if I told you all the ways that, that our culture's career focused, just intricate little, you know, details of how it is thwarting success in marriage, you'd be like, I didn't think about that. I didn't think about that. I never thought, I didn't, you know, cause it, there's so many ways that this career focus just blows up what God intended for his church to have in marriage. And you're not in, you're not encouraging kids to get married at 17 and 18. I mean, no. but but you but I get what you're saying. I mean, there it used to not be this way. And I hate being the 45-year-old guy in the room that remembers how everything used to be. Uh, it, because it was way different, and yep. it wasn't okay. So Susie's going to go and get her 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 degree, and then she's going to go get her master's, and then she's going to go get her doctorate. You know, she's you know seventeen years into school here with six hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars worth of debt, living in her mom's basement, yep. and she's not even thinking about being a parent because she's still trying to figure out how to be a student. Absolutely. And her body is is designed by the Creator. With that clock that's going inside there saying, I need to create something in here and you're not giving me the opportunity. I mean, man, the world is so upside down. We so desperately need what you guys are teaching to our kids to get them to come back to the model that God made for us in marriage. We got to get to the, we got to get past the text dating and all this, whatever they do now and Build relationships yeah. and <laughs> whatever they do. I don't now. even know how they well, do it, man. I'm telling well you. Well said. They don't even know what they're doing. Yeah. I remember talking to Carla on the phone. I mean, I would. So we lived about thirty minutes apart, and 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 I would go down and we would go to dinner, and uh, then I'd come back home, come bring her back home, and I'd stay there for thirty, forty-five minutes, however long, you know, till it was time for me to go home and go to bed, and then I would go home, I'd brush my teeth. I'd, I'd pick up the phone that was connected to the line in the house, and we would talk to three or four o'clock in the morning, and talk ourselves to sleep basically. And then the next day, I'd get up and go to work and call her, you know, my first break. And we spoke words to each other all the time, and we saw each other very often. Uh, I just don't see people doing that anymore, and I wonder if that's kind of how we've gotten to the point of these thirty-plus-year-old females still unmarried. I've got friends of mine I went to school with. We all graduated in 92. Some of the the best women I know who I always thought would be the best moms ever. And and they're just living at home, maybe with their parents, maybe in the house by themselves. No relationship whatsoever. And I'm so sad for them because, number one, I know they're awesome people. I I knew these people for years. You know, Some of them are really great friends. And then I see what they're missing what Carl and I share together, not just our kids, but the relationship and how we carry each other's burdens, how we're one flesh. And it just breaks my heart on their behalf. And then I look at all these other children coming up behind all of us, and and they're kind of setting themselves up for the same thing. It's just like failure on top of failure on top of failure. Totally. And and the scary thing for me is the church seems, at least from the things that I read, um, is is trying to figure out how – you. we're now in this position where they're trying to figure out how to affirm all, you know, singleness, which 
Of course, yeah. Again, everybody knows Paul wishes that we were all cel- you know celibate mm-hmm. and like him. They, he, everybody knows that. But Paul himself, who said, "I wish everybody was as I were," said, "That ain't realistic, kids. So every man needs his own wife, and every woman needs a own husband because of sexual temptation." I mean, that's that's what he said. And so um, that said. My fear is in trying to make the 30-something, 40-something, 50-something-year-old singles feel good about themselves, we are doing nothing to stop the problem on the front end. Mm. We're doing nothing to cast a vision for what marriage is supposed to be and so that we can keep that cycle from continuing to happen. And, and, and again, I, 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 my heart, I know those single people. That I'm like, I cannot believe you aren't married and thriving with a man that's loving you the way you deserve. The the you know same thing with a you know with a guy that loves the Lord and yet doesn't see. I'm like, what what is going on? But we're called to try to to stop the tide up front early on, and I think we've got to we we have to change the understanding again of of what the biblical purpose significance of marriage is. Or else we're not going to change it. Because even a lot of those 30-something, 40-something, 50-something-year-old singles are still holding out for a – really holding out for a Hollywood romance right. more than they're holding out for a biblical marriage. And they don't even realize it. And that, they really don't. And, and that's really probably because their parents really didn't know how to talk to them about this. The church definitely yep. did not know how to talk to them about this. So we're watching, what was her name, Kelly, whatever she is, and Tom Cruise in Top Gun in this relationship yep. that just, you know, when we're kids, thinking, oh, or Space Camp. You remember Leah Thompson, the, the cute <laughs> little chick in Space Camp? And I think I missed Space Camp. You didn't see Space Camp? <laughs> I don't think so. I remember movie, Tom. Man. Yeah, I'm sure it was. I'm going to go back and yeah, watch. Yeah, though. Netflix that one. So, okay, so Top Gun. Uh, what was it? Uh, what would uh, Molly Ringwald? Every movie she was in, you know, she was always mm-hmm. a little redheaded girl nobody liked until this guy mm-hmm. came in and swept her off her. F- and that was what we saw: uh, Young mm-hmm. and the Restless on television, all the soaps, Dallas, all these programs in the '80s and '90s on television, 90210, Melrose Place, all these things yeah. that. None of it was biblical, but we watched it, and that was what we yeah. did and talked about and modeled our haircuts and our moves and our cars and everything. And subconsciously after. modeled our expectations for what exactly what the relationship would look like when it happened. Yeah, it reminds me when I went I, – I office a lot from this coffee shop named Meredith. There's a, a – down, it's in downtown Franklin, and, and um, sometimes I forget where I park my car. Long story short, one time I, I literally I went out back. I couldn't find it. Went, to, went down the street, couldn't find it. When the parking garage, I finally remembered. Ah, oh, I remember exactly where it is. It's at the top of the staircase, second floor, right there. And I went up the parking garage, second floor, and I didn't see it. But I knew. No, I know. I know that that's where. I, how can it not be there? Kale, it was there, right in front of me, but it was the minivan instead of my Camry. <laughs> so I had forgotten I'd driven the, min- the the Sienna that day, and 
And so I am staring right at my Sienna with the three dents that my daughter Claire, who remained nameless, put in it. Okay, she only put two of them. Um, but I'm staring right at my own car, but I don't recognize it because I'm looking for the other car in my mind. And I'm telling you, Kale, there are singles that they wouldn't recognize the one if it was – I know God said it was right here on the second floor right outside the stair, and they could be staring right at them and not recognize them because it's not what they're expecting to see. Mm. That's powerful, dude. That, I, it's, that goes back to being a little kid. Gosh, I wish the Lord would show me who I was going to marry. Thinking that you've got it already figured out, you want it, like you're saying, you don't want that to be the the cute little blonde that you know sits on the third row in the classroom. Yeah. Um, okay. So look look at my my wife Carla and myself. Same situation. Two of the least likely people to ever connect and be married for 20 years. I mean, mm-hmm. if people mm-hmm. watch your videos, get to know you and Julie, the conversations you have had, you and I have had in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, you two were the probably least likely two people in your class to get together. I mean, come on. It's so obvious. Like you say, it's the one that is opposite of you is who yeah. you really made to be with because it takes yeah. those two opposites to complete. Yeah. Well, that's, that's why. I mean, look at, look, look at creation. It goes back to creation. God made all creation. Uh, it's good. Well, it's good. Well, it's good. Well, it's good. Well, it's good. Uh, it's not good. What? Stop the presses. It's not good for man to be alone. I need to make a, a helper suitable for him. And he made woman, a, a, a op, just the, the very gender, even though, of course, we're trying to erase all that today in our contemporary culture. Um, a, a guy by the name of, uh, uh, Joe Malone wrote a book. He's a friend of mine. It's called, in fact, you might want to have him on the show sometime for real. It's called Battle of the Sexes. And even though he's a believer, he, he's also was a, a researcher and, and a, and a college professor. And so he, Using an evolutionary, which I don't even believe in evolution, but an evolutionary scientific framework shows how monogamy is the best way for our species to continue. In fact, it's the only reason our species has continued thus far. And he's like, I was just amazed at everything I kept learning about neurology, about the differences between male and female bodies is it kept confirming what God had in Scripture. You're like, well, who knew? <laughs> wow, what a surprise! Wow, God Creation told the truth. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, it is. It's that way. Just in the basic differences between male, male and female, and then you put all the family and personality backgrounds, and yeah, it's it, it's just that. Uh, it's amazing how we can complement instead of live in conflict when there's a little thing called um humility uh, i'm too humble to even say the h humility i believe in humility so um but i mean really it takes that dying to yourself daily yeah. but you don't see none of that in a movie or tv show about what makes relationships work no no well how do we as whether we're listening and we're 18 like I used to be, or now we're 45 with five kids and 20 years under our belts. Mm. How do we uh, most best address this? I know we need to start at home with it. Uh, mm-hmm. Then how can we help our our local church body 
address this? Uh, yeah. Uh, we have tons of resources on our website, and you, you know tons. I mean, we have almost 170 LoveEd videos. Most of them are arranged in playlists. Um, I, I do that, number one, because you never know what, what YouTube will suggest you watch next after you watch one of our videos. So we put them in playlists, so I'm going to tell you what you're going to watch next. But number two is so that you can have a little concise package that, you could watch a video together, separately, come together and have a discussion. You could do that at home. You could do that in your student ministry. And, I mean, we have playlists that deal with dating, uh, uh, you know, hot topics uh, handled with care, uh, purpose-driven dating, dating 101. We do that with, uh, with sex from uh, premarital sex in the scriptures, uh, top 10 benefits of saving sex for marriage. Um, and we do that with just relationships, relationology. And, uh, so you can, that's, that's one thing. We also have that, the, uh, it's a digital study guide series now, the Beyond Sex and Salvation curriculum. Unfortunately, we don't really have the relationology and purpose driven dating, uh, curriculums in a packaged form like that yet. I mean, it, it really is just still Julie and me and, couple other board members that are you know busy themselves so we we don't we don't have the resources aren't out there like we want yet but but they will be um also figuring out how whenever the pastor knows he's going to do a relationship talk or marriage talk um you know learn there's they can learn pointers uh from our website as far as how to present that in a way that that young adults and and college students can be included um my highest suggestion is is to make it clear that's who you want there, that uh, you want people that aren't in relationship there yet. Um, I've even, when I've spoken at college campuses and done like a chapel talk that everybody's required to come to, but then I want them to come to an afternoon session or an evening session that they aren't. Mm-hmm. I put up a big picture of a cute little couple, and then I put a big circle and a slash through them. And I'm like, hey, what we're talking about tonight? Doesn't we're not talking to couples. We're trying to talk to people that want to be a couple, a healthy couple in the future. And you might not be surprised to know that couples still wind up coming to that afternoon session or that evening session because you know they didn't hear they didn't all they did is they saw the cute couple. Mm-hmm. They didn't even see the circle with the slash right. through it. But the good part is the the totally unattached person got a direct invitation from me saying. Please come to this. Um, we do. We, I, I think this is something that that uh, eventually we are looking to recruit what we call real rock stars, couples who've been married thirty plus years, that are in churches all across America, and they might already be doing their own little marriage ministry with with uh, pre marriage couples or day or married couples or whatever like that. Or you know they might be doing triage with people that want a divorce. Mm-hmm. We want to recruit couples like that. To, to take kids through relationology series right there in their own church, to take kids through a purpose-driven dating series. Again, right now, we, we just really have the Beyond Sex and Salvation series that's up there for that. And that's really more of an older, you know, college, uh, young adult market than it is high school, but it's there. Right. And you, you can do that in your own living room with the, just like Julie and I, inviting all the single people we knew in the Franklin area. And I wound up with a living room full of single women. Well, okay, let's, you know, go for it. Right. How, how did that work out, by the way? What were the results now? That's been a couple of years ago. 
Oh, that was a long. That was two thousand three. Wow, we've been doing more this than for a couple long, years ago. Yeah. yeah, that was a long time. And and I'll tell you, um, it it was so clear that that was of the Lord. Uh, I think it was like the second class or third class, and um, and we were asking for uh, like we were talking about s- certain relational problems and stuff, it, it, like with with being honest and stuff like that, and and I. Had questions. To, I asked him. So, when has dishonesty uh, ruined a relationship? And I fully expected ahead of time these women are going to be tearing into their exes. <laughs> this is not going to be pretty. But you know, whatever. Kale. Those ladies were like, "Well, I was in this relationship with this guy, and I just couldn't be honest about this." I mean, they started. They started. I mean, even though there's a guy in the room. I guess I'm a safe guy. I'm married with my wife sitting right next to me. And they opened up on a level that I knew they never would have with a bunch of you know single guys in the room. Right. And uh, vice versa, when we did our first guys group, <laughs> it was, you know, they could be so caustic. Like, and, and so, you know, in your face. So one guy says his opinion about one question. The other guy says, well, that's stupid. I think it's this way. And we realize, yeah, this really wouldn't work. So we do encourage the Beyond Sex and Salvation groups to be one gender just because they really are a deeper level of self-revelation right. of, you know, really, you know, growing. Again, because part of our, our dealio is what happens with marriage is for it's a lot of, for a lot of people, it's their first foray into a truly uh, uh into an attempt at relational intimacy mm. and and because of that it, it it that's what makes it not work yeah. and so our 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 beyond sex and salvation groups which they weren't called that back then yeah but um they they are an attempt to learn to grow in that relational intimacy ahead of time even our purpose driven dating and um and relationality classes that we've been doing out of our home uh, that aren't always same gender, even there, you know, they're learning how to share who they really are in a way that's appropriate and, and yet, you know, good for the soul. So, uh, so this is like that, an outlet for people who, uh, are single and mm-hmm. they're, they're called up in the, the socials of today, which everybody knows is fake, but everybody still lives in there. But this mm-hmm. gives them a way to come out, be transparent, be real, and to express themselves in preparation for, uh, you know, bad breath in the morning when your spouse rolls over on your side. Yeah. 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 And again, that, you know, the people use that all the time in premarital stuff. And I'm like, yeah, the bad breath is not going to be the issue. That's not the all. big one, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the fact that nobody really knew you your whole life and now, Here's this person that you're married to. And well, theoretically, you got the rest of your life. So you got to, you know, and even if you want to try to hide stuff, you know, it, it comes out. You know, that was true with my mom. Uh, my, uh, the, the 14th of this month will mark 20 years since her death at her own hand by suicide. And, um, my dad found out about my mom's sexual molestation within one month of her death. Wow. So she, I, and I, I sometimes I tell that to the students and our, our high school students in our class, because the classes we have in our home are just high school students, not middle school students. And, and I tell them, I know you think you got these hurts 
And I know you think you've done a great job of moving on without dealing with it. I get it. My mom did too. She wound up getting a great college life, great college degree, great husband, namely my dad. Um, but <laughs> years later in her 40s, it finally caught up with her, the fact that you just can't go on not dealing with this. And you certainly can't go on without your husband knowing the greatest hurts of your heart, especially when they have to do with sexuality, which is the thing that y'all are supposed to share with each other and no one else. So if you're listening right now and you know that's you, you know there's something, there's a hurt, there's a, maybe it was done to you like my mom. Maybe it's something you did that you don't, you just, you don't want anyone to know. Maybe it's something you're doing. Porn child porn, whatever, you got to know you cannot bury that forever. It will not work. The only way that we deal with sin is to confess it. That is the only way we effectively kill the shame that sin brings. And that, that has to do whether it was you that committed the sin or like in my mom's case, of course she was innocent, this little girl being molested. But it is still in confessing, this is what happened to me, that other people could come in and be like, ah, of course that wasn't your fault, and that's terrible, and we're going to help you heal. Mm. Don't hold on to that, thinking, well, worked pretty good burying it so far. That stuff, that that hurt is like nuclear waste. And yep, it doesn't kill the grass and the trees right away, but you just give it some time, and it will. And not only the trees and the grass, but all the animals that feed on it. Mm. So, well, that's um, that's where a lot of people find themselves. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot, going back to the porn thing, a few weeks ago, Carl and I did a marriage conference here in town, and we were very just flat out. Uh, transparent and honest about it and mm-hmm. we felt like of course if you recognize that is a problem i mean seven out of ten men in the church face this issue mm-hmm. um so that means that about uh 14 of the 21 men in my marriage conference had a problem <laughs> at least at, at some level and all of them are looking away from you yeah they're, you they're looking this. at the ground um but the, the reality is is that it's the shame that you that you tie up yourself in with mm. that particular thing and others as well. You know, you've been there. Yeah. Uh, and it, it is the shame, and that's where the devil keeps us bound. And mm. it's like, well, you know, if she finds out she's going to kill you, yeah, but she may actually want to help you. And mm. uh, so w- whatever that, that binding pain is, uh, learning to be able to be in a relationship with someone and trust them enough to be able to share whatever the hang-up is, uh, I think you guys are giving kids and young people a great head start on that when they can interact with your ministry. Yeah. So do you guys travel outside of Franklin? Absolutely. We haven't recently. Uh, we've we've been largely off the road for a long little stint. But uh, 2007 to 12, we, we did a lot of traveling. And, lo- you know, I don't necessarily love the traveling, but I love connecting and sharing with people these truths in, in ways hopefully that they hadn't really thought about before i dig it so yeah so if you're listening you're like we want them at our church 
we'd like to be at your church too or a college you know group uh again we've spoken to a lot of i guess uh, uh what is it um charleston southern yeah, yeah. university is yeah. probably the closest that we've been to y'all i think how far away is that? It's about three hours. I spent one semester right. there back in the day. Yeah, that was that was a great time. That was a great time there. So, so let me let me ask you real quick because I, mm-hmm. I've not kept up and I apologize. But you and I, we got to know each other probably around 2005 because mm-hmm. I was in radio and you were working the other side of radio. Yeah, the dark side. Yes, yes, you were. You were the, the the weekly call. One of the, the one of the two weekly calls I looked forward to every week. <laughs> by the way, the others I did not even answer most of the time. God, but but anyway, God bless you. Yes, um, you had two or three kids, and then you guys adopted two two brothers, I think. So are you a family of four or five? I can't remember. We're a fam- family of five, okay. so we had three homegrown, two adopted. Okay, I couldn't remember, but I remember all of that, and it was it's an amazing story. Maybe one day when Carla and I do our adoption stories podcast, uh, we'll have yeah. you Julie come on. But I remember that. But but one of the things I remember the most was just how much fun it was to talk to Michael and how cool it has been since that time to see and watch this thing in the peripheral grow and and be able to encourage young people and know that you guys are making a difference. And it's yeah. I lo- the, my favorite thing, okay, so go back to Kel and Carla's um, marriage counseling. You know, we're sitting there. It's a, it's a denominational Pentecostal church. We're sitting oh, there my. in the office of the pastor, and he's still got his, you know, coat and tie on. <laughs> and, yeah. and we're in the, you know, the, the leather love seat with the button things in it, you know, in the office, and it's very stern and it's uh-huh. very serious. Uh-huh. And, I mean, and then I watched the the Love Ed videos, and it's so much fun, and it looks so much more like mine and Carla's life. It's goofy, mm. it's what it is, it's Good. real, and it just Good. makes you appreciate. It doesn't have to be stern and finger pointing and damnation mm. and 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 threats. Marriage is fun if yeah. you're doing it the right way. Yeah, and you guys Absolutely. are just great examples of that. And and just mm-hmm. guys, there'll be links all in the show notes to to everything that we can get from, from Michael and Julie to share with you guys. But it's 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 some good stuff. I just I love what you Thank guys you. are doing. I love mm-hmm. M. Hay. He's my favorite. <laughs> Hello, hola. This is M. Hay, dean of dating of Utah Marriage University. I love the part yeah, he says he's an alien and he's so white he looks like a stormtrooper. I mean, my gosh, man! Yes. You know, yes, you like that way. I watch that with my kids, and I, I, some of that I don't let them listen to because I got some really young ones, you know. But yes. other ones, they'll say, "Daddy, what's wrong?" And I'm like, "I've seen this seventy times, and I've got to watch it one more time. It's it's just too good, you know." Uh, Do things into your own hands, man. I love it. I mean, oh my gosh, I could probably about quote it, but yeah. I'll link this stuff in the show notes. I want to encourage you guys to. Uh, to go back and maybe listen to this again, maybe you've got a singles minister or a youth pastor at church. Um, I don't think they'll be offended if you're bringing them something that can help them make their ministry with their students better. And yeah. um, Michael and Julie do a great job. And for just if you're on Twitter and you're following Modern Christian Men, I want to encourage you to follow FM University. Uh, they're usually the ones that I'm mocking about not coming on the program. And I won't be able to do that anymore. <laughs> yes, that is taken away from you. But, uh, boy, I got you with David Tripp. That was a good one. 
And um, ah. yeah, so I finally I, I sh- <laughs> called me out. Yeah, and, and the funny here's as we close the funny thing about having Michael on the program is it it was my intention to have him as my very first episode, and I'm just now oh, no. three seasons, thirty plus thirty five plus shows, gotten him <sighs> on here. So. Bro, I really appreciate you coming. I, Thank you. I, Thank you for having me. I have missed Thanks. talking to you. We need to figure out a way to have an excuse to talk more often because I've just I, that was some of the best time of my life. The radio gig, the time mm. catching up and talking music and, and yeah. family and adoption and love and trying to figure all this stuff out. And, man, it's just we really appreciate you being here, dude. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's a blast. Absolutely. Okay. We'll find them online. Show notes. Uh FM University on Twitter. Where else can we find you on social? Uh, it, uh, everything is FM University. Okay. That's YouTube. That's Facebook. That's Twitter. That's Instagram. FM University. That's also the website, fmuniversity.net, not .com. So, uh, yeah. Cool. We'll link it all, and we appreciate you being here. And we'll need to we'll need to do it again. All right. Thanks a lot, Kale. Appreciate you, brother. Have a great day. You too. Thanks, Mike. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks again for listening. Thank you, Michael Johnson. You're awesome. It only took you 36 months to say yes. Thank goodness Julie didn't wait that long. Anyway, I'll be back next time. I got a lot of great stuff in the pipe, so uh, tune back in. And remember, if you get a chance, we give it a review to the program. It kind of helps get the word out there and uh, share it with someone, which is even more important, most especially your youth or singles minister at church. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the Modern Christian Men podcast. You can find us online at modernchristianmen.com. Good morning, Michael Johnson. Hey, I hear your voice. Uh, hang on, I'll turn my camera on. Oh, are, are we not? Are we doing cameraless? We can. I normally do. Do you want to see me? I have all I my think... clothes on. <laughs> that, I can't believe we are going to do it cameraless. I like had to okay. figure out no, how to no. set my thing up so that there Boo. was nothing. Hey, there. there. Let me see. There Is you that better. Yeah. yeah. How are you? I need some. Hang on, I need my hat. I got a lot of. I don't have my hat. Sorry see, about I, the reflection there. I need to see this because I'm like, do I need to be into my microphone like this? Maybe, can maybe, you? maybe. I can hear you really good. Okay, good. So, I, I'm, whoa, there's me. Why am I? I don't want to see me. But, so we should go to non. I'll remember this next time if there is a next time. If you're <laughs> like, we're never doing this again <laughs> ever. All, Excuse me. All the time, I was trying to do you a favor, but you wouldn't listen. No, I was. I kept saying, Michael, we need you on the show. Okay, so show. how do we go to not video mode? Uh, do you see three buttons with a microphone, a camera, and a red hang-up button on your screen? I do. Okay, I do. So you click the one in the middle that's the camera. camera. All right. Mine goes away. All right. Boom. All right. Now I can cover mine back up with my little piece of tape so Mark Zuckerberg can't watch me. Mark is that is that really what you do? I have a piece of tape. You can't see it now, but if I go okay, stay right there. I turn the camera on. You see that yellow? Yeah, that's yellow tape. Yellow Are tape. You, wow, you're seriously that's that's really 
a thing? Yeah. You like my little light comes on when the camera comes on, so it's not like I could be surprised. I don't think. I don't could know. I be? I don't know. I never use a camera. I have a face made for radio. Okay. All right. Well, good. I'm I, now. I know that. That's uh, your audio one sounds more... really good. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I hear you fine. Excellent. I'm excited. I'm excited to have you here. Yeah. Well, I I again I I apologize for being such a crud, curmudgeon about uh technology, but here it's actually happening. Well, you know the thing. The funny thing about Skype is it's really just voice over IP. So. Like when you go somewhere that, like a multi-location church, mm-hmm. and they've got a phone there that the pastor can pick up and call one of his his pastors at another place, mm-hmm. another another campus. They're yeah. doing that all over the internet, and basically they've paid somebody to sell them their own version of Skype that plugs into telephones. Okay. So yeah. 